Tonight on AfterBuzz TV, Thursday Night Football After Show, NFC South Battle. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to Atlanta, Tampa. Hey, I mean, the game was in Tampa, but... It felt like Atlanta because they just treated it like a home game tonight. They really did. And we're going to break it down for you live on AfterBuzzTV.com, the AfterBuzz TV YouTube page, iTunes, SoundCloud. You're liking, subscribing, telling your friends about the wonderful world of AfterBuzz. What is up, everybody? I'm Josh Tariff. JJ is off tonight. This is her bye week, but the rest of the crew is with me here. First off, Reppin, what, what what is this like? Is it like Jamaica? Um, it's actually Brazil, Brazil soccer, you know, but Brazil soccer gear. You know. It's, it's just cute. It's Jill Monroe. Jill Monroe. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Insta Stories at Stiletto Jill. And over there. I'm just gonna say I thought it was a Packers thing, but uh, <laughs> for me? I just, I, the Rams fan? I, I know. I thought you might be switching. No. What's up, guys? Never. That's, that's Mike Rippy over there. <laughs> I am Mike Rippy. You can catch me on social media at Mike Rips. And per, per kind of his request, he wanted me to bring up at the start of the show that that we did know a little DraftKings battle. We finally got all four of us to do DraftKings together, and Mike won. Not the first time that I won, right? Well, I, you got lucky. I got, the time one was just you and me. That's right. I've gotten lucky, but so far two times entered... Victories. Congratulations, Mike. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. I'm like the Atlanta Falcons right now, right? Hot. The, hot. The, the Atlanta Falcons are hot right now. <laughs> and they're and they're just on cruise control with their offense. They win tonight 43 to 28, but that does include Jesus. that does include a garbage time touchdown by Tampa. So it was really more so like 43-20. But what is defense, Alex? <laughs> Jeopardy. I, I was okay. I was just like Jeopardy question. I was like, Mike, did she just call you Alex? No, it's a Jeopardy question because defense didn't exist to Tampa tonight, and I just have questions. Dan, you're not the only one. Yeah, I think everyone has questions because their defense is non-existent. They have a multitude of injuries too. They're decimated with injuries. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But I mean, for about the first quarter and a half. This was a ball game. It was a game. You know, Tampa with a very, very good drive to start the game. Tampa's in the lead. Yeah, they started in the lead. Atlanta answered back, then Tampa answered back. They went back and forth. It was uh, 20 to 13 or 20 to 14 at the half. Um, So, I mean, Tampa was right right in that game. Did you see Jameis arguing with his offense during the game? Oh, yeah. There seemed to be a lot of calls not going through, and that kind of goes to what Mike was saying before. You had a lot of people hurt. A lot of people kind of jumping in, not normally doing all these reps. Yeah. A bunch of miscommunications. That's a nice way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and and then Atlanta in, like, the third quarter just like, yeah, we'll just destroy them now. You know, I was impressed by Atlanta tonight, and not because that Tampa is not a great opponent, but Atlanta came out to play, and they kept their foot down on the throttle. And on Thursday night especially, that's impressive on a short week. Uh, I know Tampa's not far from Atlanta, but they're still the visiting team. They didn't have a lot of time to prep, and they came out hot, and they kept their foot down uh, throughout the game, kept putting points on the board. They Matt Ryan looked excellent. Uh, Julio was great. 
they didn't have Tevin Coleman, but they didn't seem to miss a beat, and uh, they got a really important win. They had to win this game if they're going to be in the playoffs, and they looked really good doing it. Okay. Yeah, and that and that's the big thing you brought up. You know, Tevin Coleman, also no Jacob Tammy, so they were missing some offensive weapons. You but they still put up 43 freaking exactly. points. You, you wouldn't know it if you just look at the score. Yeah. So what that says is what Tampa Bay invest in your defense. I know they're injured, but I mean. You're right. No, you, you <laughs> I don't. Preach. 43 points coming up te- at home with a team that just played on Sunday against the Packers. Close game, one by one point. And they're able to run up the score like that on you. Have a burst of energy in the second half to do that to you. Where you were being competitive, that says something. And they invested in their. They they tried to invest in their defense in the offseason Tampa. They brought in Brent Grimes. They did. They drafted Owen. Uh, they drafted Hargreaves, uh, cornerback from Florida, and uh, it hasn't worked out so far. Well, I mean they they've been getting people have been questioning them really since. Since the offseason, though, when they when they drafted Aguayo in the second round, well, their kicker, who it was fine today, um, he really well. We only had the two a couple what? extra points. <laughs> it but, was funny because Al, NBC was on the call this time, so they had Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth tonight. And every time that he was up for an extra point, Al Michaels, you could hear the, like the trepidation in his voice. <laughs> he was worried for Aguayo. Mm-hmm. Thought he was and have Chris Collinsworth kept talking about it about how. He could sense that Al Michaels was like concerned that he was going to miss extra points. That's how bad it is for the second round kicker. Yeah, and in Tampa, like we said, I mean, not only are they decimated with injuries on defense, but first off, no, uh, Vincent Jackson's still out, um, pretty much done for the year. Done for the year, yeah. and I mean, he is kind of on the older side now for being a receiver. So oh, yeah. we'll have to see what happens with him. I, I don't think he'll actually be back in Tampa again. He, he might not. Then you had Doug Martin out still. Jaquiz Rogers, Rogers, who former Falcon, former Falcon and probably having the best season of his career, really due to Doug Martin's injury, he got hurt. Yeah. So you had some running backs that we never heard of tonight: Peyton Barber, yeah, yeah Peyton Barber, Antoine Smith, and uh, um, Antoine Smith, and both of them combined and then for they, fifty-six they yards. They had just brought back Mike James last minute for they brought one back carry. Mike James. Yep. So, so is what you're saying that it was really the injuries that took. Tampa Bay out of this game and I, not just I wouldn't expect Tampa to win this game when they were healthy but it definitely would have been a much better well, contest because really this game was Mike Evans versus the Atlanta Falcons yeah. and Atlanta's strategy was simple like let Mike Evans get his he'll get his numbers yeah. fine mm-hmm. we're just going to make sure no one does anything out of the ordinary well, well, and they spread their offense around I mean they had so many different people scoring for them that um, you know you never knew from Play to play, drive to drive, speaking sort of, of who was going to get the ball. Speaking of Mike Evans, he left late with an injury. We yep. saw him, there was a, a period there at the end uh, when the game was out of reach that Jameis got hurt, took a bad hit, mm-hmm. a type of hit that you can't take if you're the quarterback, if you're the franchise quarterback for your for your team. We saw it with Cam uh, doing it, and he got knocked out for a game. When you're down, when you're down that much with that little time left. Why are you running with the quarterback on a, on a two-point two point play? I don't. I, I think that's a terrible play uh, call by the the coach. I, you can't do that. You can't put your franchise quarterback in that type of position to take a hit that might get him hurt uh, for two points when you're down by a lot. I mean, you got to save those plays. And Jameis has got to do the same thing as Cam because if Jameis is going to take those type of hits, I know he's a big guy and he's a bruiser and he can absorb a lot of hits. But as the quarterback, you cannot put yourself in that position. Is just too valuable to the team, and I get it. Tampa's not going anywhere this season. You can't do that. Well, well they're certainly not now. I mean, if they won this game, Maybe. then they're like, was... okay, you're not. It's not out of reach or anything. But 
but they're pretty much it's, it's out of reach. They're pretty much yeah, out of reach now. Yeah, it's out of reach. Um, Atlanta's got a stranglehold on that division now. They do, and it, certainly they're way better positioned than Tampa is. Yes, especially, <laughs> especially after tonight. Yeah, and and let's go and let's kind of talk a little more about Atlanta here because we already talked about how how great Julio Jones was, but I think really the key thing for Atlanta this year has been Mohamed Sanu because Sanu came in in the off season. And it was finally a legit number two receiver for Atlanta. And all of a sudden, it puts less pressure on Julio. And Who is frequently hurt. Yeah, he, and he has, I mean, he's been, for the most part, this season pretty healthy. I think he's only missed one oh, game this he's year. He's been good this year. Yeah. yeah. He's good this year. Um, but it spreads it. So, I mean, you got Freeman and Coleman at, you know, running it. You obviously have Julio. Now you got Sanu. Uh, Gabriel tonight, yeah. very impressive. So you got. For for once, really, Matt Ryan has. And you mentioned Austin always, Hooper adding him into the mix too tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the injured Tammy, he got a touchdown. Right. Um, so Matt Ryan really has a plethora of of weapons tonight. You're giving me a smile because you liked the fact that I used plethora correctly, didn't you? I think that that is a great word. I like SAT yes. words. Yes, yes, <laughs> got a five dollar word in there. So with that, they are really expanding, making themselves really. Noticeable, and Matt Ryan to me, because this is officially halfway point of the season. Matt Ryan to me is your MVP if the season ended today. Not Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree. Derek Carr is certainly up there. I'm gonna have to disagree. But I'm right gonna, now, I would put I would pick Matt Ryan as my MVP. I, well, I, I would say it, it would be fair to say that Matt Ryan is having an MVP caliber type year. Mm-hmm. If I was looking around the entire league right now, he's not my MVP, but he's up there in the top five. He's having a great year, and, and he's definitely he's in the debate. I think uh, he's already surpassed his his season total of last year touchdowns yeah. thrown, and it was only game nine tonight. And he was excellent tonight, and he's been excellent for most of the season. Over two touchdowns more per game. Yeah, he's, 25 of 34, 344 yards, I mean, his, four touchdowns. His numbers were electric. He looked really good doing it mm-hmm. today. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. Atlanta looks like a, a true contender. They've got the running game. They've got the passing game. And they're playing a little bit of defense. So uh, I, I hear you on the Matt Ryan is your MVP. He wouldn't be my MVP yet, but it's definitely a debate that you could have. But he's he's going to be there at the end if he keeps this up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, really, it's I mean, it's, I, it's about at this point. Like Matt Ryan, Derek well, Carr, like you here's, said. Here's the MVP. If you want to be honest, right now, uh-huh. without question, the MVP is Tom Brady. I was going to say. I know I he gonna, missed the first four games. I was, I was, I was going to say. It's, but, be, it's between Brady, I mean, Carr, Ryan, and Ezekiel Elliott right he's now. Missed Ezekiel Elliott has been really good. Yeah. yeah, leading the league in rushing right now. He's having a great year, Ezekiel Elliott. And, and, and quarterbacks often win that award. So Matt Ryan right. is definitely in contention. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, uh, for me, he's not number one, but he's having an MVP caliber season, so I hear you totally. What about um, Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson? Some yeah. consideration, yeah, right? You know, he's, not, 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 not if they don't make the playoffs. He's True. having a good year, but he's not in consideration yet. Yeah. No. I mean, if if Arizona was playing like how we, how we thought they, they should be. They playing much better. Exactly. Yeah, if Arizona was 6-2 and two right now, exactly. yes. Exactly. But they're the opposite of that yeah, or something you, like that. Because your numbers only go so far when you're not winning. Mm-hmm. If you get the numbers and you're winning, now you got a real case for MVP. But here's the real... Test with Atlanta, and it's really coming these next um, over these next few weeks. I know, Jill. I know you got their schedule next few weeks because the thing with them is they've really only played one, maybe two really good defenses so far. Who do they got over these next few weeks? So they play the Eagles um, on the thirteenth. Great defense. Great defense. They have a bye week. Okay. Then they play the Cardinals that we were just speaking of. Womp. Chiefs. 
Good defense. Then they face my Rams here. Good defense. And then the 49ers, December 18th. So, so all winnable. Well, <laughs> well, well, three, well, for, well three, of, three of their next four are against top-tier defenses. Yep. And so it's a matter of seeing really how they how they manage okay. and play with that because you know, like you look at their first games other than other than when they beat Denver really their wins haven't been against any super stellar defenses well they they I mean they beat the Packers they beat the Broncos they beat the oh, Broncos I said, Denver, I said yeah. with the exception of Denver yeah yeah, yeah. okay I but I mean that. like but but they lost to Seattle now granted they got screwed in that one yeah, yeah. But it's a matter of they seeing lost to Kenny. the Chargers. That one was. I actually think the Chargers. Are they lost to Tampa to open the season. Team. True, true, true. And look what they did tonight. So, so the Falcons sit at what now? They're six they're six and three. And three. Six and three. Uh, they got a good four game stretch over the next five weeks with right. the bye incorporated in that. And there are some good teams on that schedule you just mentioned. And if I was a Falcons fan, I would hope that you can come out of that stretch two and two. If you come out of that stretch two and two, and you're looking at an eight and five record with three games to go. I think you're you're in a good position because the Chiefs are really good. One of Eagles. my one of my teams yeah. I've been big on. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, contender. That's yeah. going to be the big one too because the Eagles they could be contending with the Eagles to get the, a final wild card if they don't win that division. Let's say. Uh, so uh, I think I think Atlanta's pretty much got the division lock. They got a I think a three game lead already. They've got a nice lead on on the Saints and the Panthers and and the Bucks. Panthers are last in the division. Still. Yeah, they're two and two, five. Two and five. And Tampa's now three and five. I'm not counting the Panthers out yet. You keep saying that. I'm giving them one more loss. <laughs> you one keep more saying loss. that. Well, let's, well let's, let's let's talk about Tampa for for a minute here because we got Jameis Winston, who's definitely shown promise tonight. We actually were seeing a lot of that leadership. They were showing footage of him, you know, like leading, really leading the huddles, getting the team pumped up. Do we think though? Do you think he's capable of being, you know, your franchise like top ten quarterback in the NFL? I think that he is. I. I we have to keep in mind, this is his second year in the league. We saw, I mean, there's a growth process that has to happen, and you have to learn how to win on an NFL level. And if you're in a locker room where there's not some type of stable veterans there or somebody that can show you how to win or if during his offseason, he's not spending time with those people then, it's questionable. But I think that he can lead the franchise, but I think it's further down the line. We've, we've, had, a, we've had a year and a half. Uh, watching Winston and Mariota, we saw Mariota last week. We, that has been Mike's sleeper team. But but between be, but between the between the two, if, like as of we've now had a year and a half of footage on them, Winston and Mariota, who would you take? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's I good uh, come, I would lean to Mariota personally. It's funny, it's funny because coming out of the draft, I uh, I've been bigger on Jameis, his upside, and I'd still lean to take Jameis, but I'm a little disappointed in his growth so far. I mm-hmm. still think you got to give him time, like Joe said, and, and see where he can develop into. And, and you see progress, but you also see there's some stuff you see uh, when you watch the games with Jameis that would worry you, I think, long term. Body I mean, language? Sometimes the body language can be uh, uncomfortable, and it, he's, he is a leader, but also you got to lead the right way. So the body language is important. You can't take those hits. You'll be out of the league in a few years if you take those kinds right. of hits. And you have to be more accurate. The accuracy is a huge thing, and sometimes he's he's a little bit a- inaccurate, and uh, that worries me because that doesn't really get fixed. It's the thing you look around the, the league at, at quarterbacks. If you're inaccurate, it's tough to be a really good quarterback if you're not accurate. Yeah, it's key. Mike Evans is not going to have a catch of the year for and every throw. Exactly, and and that was an, he had an amazing catch on it, Mike yeah. Evans. But those type of play, I mean, he got hurt on that play too. You can't 
be that woefully inaccurate and then set your guys up t- to get destroyed and you know you see what happens so it, it, today I'm still taking Jameis over uh, Mariota I think he has higher upside Jameis but I think he also has uh, a lower floor so it's more risky you know with, with what he's going to end up as the finished product I think Mariota you know you kind of know what you're going to get he'll grow a little bit more uh, but I do like Tennessee as a team uh, better than I like Tampa but that's that's here nor there yeah. Joe what about who, who would you choose um, I would lean. I would take the risk with Jameis because Mariota. I think I think that Mariota. I think he is. You know, there's some more room for growth there. I think that he is a solid player, but as far as that franchise take you over the edge sort of guy, that um, the team will rally around too. I think that's Jameis. And actually, in, in kind of furthering that, I I think that we're going to see with Jameis the kind of career arc. Uh, I think that Cam experienced. Cam had a bunch of years where he was doing well or he was learning, but the team wasn't good in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, then and he was kind of, petulant, body language issues. Things. Yeah, And then he kind of came of age, and they really uh, turned it on and took it to a new level. I mean, maybe they were reverting back. But I think we'll see that with Jameis. I think you could even see next year where they struggle and you, you start wondering, like, is it ever going to happen for him? And then he's just going to come in one year, and you're going to see that serious maturity, and, and like, he's going to be in amazing shape. And he's because he's got the body for it, and he he's done, he did it at Florida State. Yep. You know, he played big time college football, so he's got the experience. He just needs the NFL experience, the reps. He's not around super talented uh, teammates, so he has to do most of the heavy carrying. Mm-hmm. And so he's still young, so you give him a few more years, and I think I think he's going to be a guy in the league down the road. It's one of the top players. Do you think that they need to get some vets? And I do. I feel like they need to get some type of vets in the locker room around him that yeah. can sort of help him. As you said, he doesn't really know how to lead. Kind of guide him in those areas, those rough spots. I think it'd be good. I mean, they they've had Vincent Jackson, but again, he's been hurt so and, much. And, and to be honest, I don't consider him a leader. Well, well, I was going to say as far as as far as the veteran, sure. but yeah, you want to get some vets that have you know deep playoff experience, or, yeah. even like the backup quarterback that's been around for 10, 15 years, and they can give him some advice in the quarterback. Jay Cutler's room. next home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope not, Jake. Uh, That's I, a joke. Yeah, I know. Okay, color color but, won't be there backing them up. When you, when you look at the Tampa team, too, the vet, veterans on that team are not veterans that have really they're won. They're not winners. They yeah. Ha- they're not ex- right. They haven't been there a long time. I mean, you're looking at Mike Evans, a young guy, good player, but young guy. He's not the leader. You're looking at the running back situation. Doug Martins, he's injured every other game. I mean, they don't have anyone that you look to and say, okay, this is the main guy. And, you know, even you look at the defense. They don't have guys that can have been established that can really – Say this is how it's done. This is how you win. So it's it's the culture there too. Yeah, because you had the previous goal, like we saw tonight. John John Lynch was added to their their, their, uh, their like wall, the, wall, the, uh, the ring of ring of honor. Thanks, yeah. the ring of honor. And I mean, you had he was there. Warren Sapp was there. Mike Allstop Mike, was there. These right. were guys that was just like they stuck with the team, built it up, got them to playoffs and championship early and all 2000s. that. Two thousands. Yeah, like late nineties, early two thousands, yeah. and. There's really no one there right now no. that I'm not saying there's got to be a guy there that's the equivalent of John Lynch, but there's no one there that has the leadership. No, like you were saying, like not. they they do need that, and I think that was like a big thing taken in Dallas with Dak Prescott because you got guys like Jason Witt in there, oh, yeah. and that helps tremendously. Absolutely. So that is definitely something Tampa would love to have. Uh, who does Tampa play the next few weeks? Do you have Tampa schedule too? I do. I know that next week they're going to be playing Chicago. Okay, they so, can win that one. That uh, 
It's a, it's a tough one now that after looking now, at Chicago last week, but they could win that. They could absolutely. Win. absolutely. They could so win. after that, they face the Chiefs. We just talked about yeah. the Chiefs. Um, Seattle, who oh, is kind of on a downslide. Then they're at the Chargers. Then the Saints. That's a pop-back game. And then at the Cowboys. They could lose all those games. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably better to lose them, honestly. It, you get a higher draft pick. And trade it for a veteran. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, we just talking. About, we were just talking about they need a veteran. Oh, get a top draft pick. No, that's, they, that's, they need. They need a lot of things. But well, sure. You yeah. know, they need more talent. They, they need. They need more young talent. They need some veterans, and the, the, even their coach. I mean, their coach is brand new, so they need a lot. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season kind of unfolds for both Atlanta and Tampa. Uh, Jill, I believe you got some news for us. Some gossip. Some brief news. Yeah, that's right. The sound effects, we appreciate that. you got to pause for those. Well, this isn't really gossip. This is more on the news side. The Philadelphia Eagles have cut ties with Josh Huff. He was pulled over Tuesday morning for speeding, and on his possession, he had an unloaded handgun, which he is registered for, but in another state, um, a small amount of marijuana, and hollow tip bullets. Hollow point tip bullets. That's what it is, right? Hollow point tip bullets. I think bullets. so. Okay. Highly illegal. Um, which, which part was? Yeah, which 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 one of those was the illegal part? Um, I'm going to go with the bullets because you can okay. kind of get around the gun. You know, you registered for it in another state. You probably forgot it was in your bag, how it got there, whatever. We're going to give him the you know benefit of the doubt of that. But he was arrested. And at, initially, the Eagles said that kind of implied that they were going to stand behind him, though punishment. But then they decided to cut ties because... Um, they remembered he wasn't that good. Right? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. And, I mean, you know, these are the times. You should not stand behind your players. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. But um, <laughs> just saying, it's a little difficult right now. Everything is very PC. And if the Eagles were to stand behind them in the climate that we are currently in, where not that you, they aren't encouraging help or growth currently, but punishment and retribution should be swift and that's kind of my summation of that. Well, my, my, my question is, why do we think Philly acted so much quicker with this than the Giants did with Brown? I think Brown oh. might have been a good teammate. And I also think, jumping in as a woman, that this is going to sound really complicated. I think that when it's issues of domestic violence... Um, we won't get into how women aren't necessarily supported. Let's say that the approach that seems to be taken is that it's a family matter. And it seems to become difficult if the wife and the player stay together. Because I, I think that that is kind of what puts them on the kind of thing. Not saying that they shouldn't. I think that they should come down. But it kind of gets technical. Mike's ready to explode yeah. with something. No, I, Go I, Mike. I, 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 no, I think it's pretty simple. I think that the Eagles made a, a good decision here to act quickly. And the Giants completely botched their situation they with did. Josh Brown. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. So, I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. The Eagles organization, they, they thought about it quickly, and they realized that the, it's not the worth player the is not worth the headache. Yeah. If the player is worth the headache, you know, maybe you let it go. He, I also know that he said that, you know, he his quote of, I thought, you know, every athlete, who what athlete doesn't have a, yeah. a gun? It just... <laughs> 
that, that's enough, I think, when you're not the star receiver or the the two or the three. Like, it's not worth it if you're the last the guy. Six the or the seventh. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that, I think that the Eagles made a smart decision. It's a distraction that's not necessary. He's not that important to the team. They could they could move along and not deal with Just the distraction. Practice squad and, guys. and obviously it's part of the climate that we're in. But also when you ask the difference between the Eagles and the Giants, it's just the Giants completely messed up. They should have they you know they should have handled that much better and quicker. No, I I, I 100% so agree. So I, th- I think it just comes down to the you know and maybe the Eagles look to the Giants situation and recognize be- besides the Giants other teams and other situations around the league that they weren't acting quick enough and so it's much it better. It becomes a problem, yeah. You know, if if the player was better too, they wouldn't have done, cut him. Let's just be honest, call it what it is. If it was Darren Sproles or someone more important to the Phillies. Like Jordan Matthews. Yeah, jo- no way. Jordan Matthews, same situation. He's still on that team right now, guaranteed. But it's Josh Huff. He's not that important to the team. He hasn't done anything to warrant keeping him when he goes out and causes But isn't a that a double standard? Somewhat. Of course it is. Somewhat. But I it's think with th- the Giants, it's not that Josh obviously wasn't a great team guy. He wasn't adding that much to their yeah, team. It, well, but Josh he might also, have been a locker room guy. J- Josh was probably a locker room guy. They probably felt bad for him. But And, and you can replace a kicker, obviously. But... Domestic, that's different. Domestic abuse, they should have got rid of it. I mean, yeah. that, they messed that up. I, I guess my, my thought was, because if, to me... It is a double it standard. Would, if, yeah, because if it, if it was Jordan Matthews in the, same, in the same situation, the three different charges saying da-da-da-da-da and all that, to me, I would, if I was the Eagles, it's just like, fans aren't going to be happy, but... We're they, not going to tolerate this. They wouldn't have cut it. And, and you can look to this similar scenario. Look at the Cleveland Browns and how long they kept Josh Gordon on the team. Through every episode. Smoking and when they marijuana. Should not have. Drinking. They should have. And, and now they're going to get rid of him. But, I mean, you're looking at years of putting up with it because he's a talented receiver. Right. And they should have done that. Sure. Longer you're, you're right. But you, that's where it comes in. So, of course, there's a double standard. No question about it. Ugh. I don't like double standards. <laughs> I, don't, not, I don't. I don't either. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm mm. with you. Uh, let's look at some of the games heading to uh, this Sunday. Maybe a few um, a few fantasy players to watch out for. You know that I might pick, so I can finally beat Mike and DraftKings and stuff. So and if, maybe you're, I if can... you're listening, just wait for my picks. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can come kidding. up out of the basement. Uh, for, uh, for, first game I, I'm looking at is Kansas City and Jacksonville. I think I mentioned Kelsey last week, and I want to mention him again. I know there's no Alex Smith. But Nick Foles, Nick, Foles will start. Can, Nick Foles will start, and he's he's not going to throw a lot of long balls. He's going to throw to Kelsey a lot. He will. And uh, if I can give you guys a tip, I'm going to give you guys a tip right now. Everybody out there, if you're playing DraftKings this weekend, there's one player from this matchup you should definitely put in your lineup, and that's the running back, Charkandrick West. Spencer Ware, the starting running back, has a concussion, probably won't play. Jamal Charles just he's went out. on IR. He's out. It means Charkandrick West will come in. His price that you're going to get him at at DraftKings will be super low, and he'll be one of the best values you can get this weekend. That's how you win your leagues. Boop. Uh, I got I got two that could be considered questionable picks, I think, but I think okay. they're worth worth the risk. First off, Giants and Eagles. Obviously, we're talking about how good the Eagles' defense is. I think there's there's going to be like one giant that is going to have a game because obviously they're really going to be focused on Beckham, and he'll probably still get his. Pick up Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, the rookie receiver. He's been quiet the last few weeks. Interesting. So, you know, they might kind of take his eyes off, their eyes off him for a little bit. I expect him to have a solid game there. Okay. Uh, I can see it. Definitely don't pick up Josh Huff. No, don't. <laughs> that would be a mistake. Do not do that. And also, even though he was benched this past week, I think Mark Ingram's going to bounce back because they're playing the Niners, who are not good. 
and the Saints score a bazillion points. So pretty much anyone on the Saints is probably a good pickup this week. But I think Ingram is going to feel like he's going to redeem himself. He might have a, a fewer carries than you normally would have based on him getting benched last week. But I see this guy having between 15 and 20 fantasy points. I, I will say that Mark Ingram's value has never been lower. So if you're going to be able to use him uh, at a cheap price and maybe you know, get something out of him when no one's expecting, it would be this week for sure. Um, and and my, my one upset special, you ready for this one? For uh-huh. just an upset win? Okay. How about Monday night? Buffalo, Buffalo in goes into Seattle and beats them. I said that on Monday Did you night say football. That last week? I picked Buffalo. I'm, Monday. Oh, this past on Monday. Monday night. Yeah, Monday. I predicted that Buffalo. So, Josh, we're here. We're, we got we're this. Here. We got this. We're together. And Mike disagrees. I'm going to let you guys go with that one. <laughs> say, well, well, say I, well, let's, well, I, well, I want to do like kind of one more like kind of crazy prediction. If we can get the little prediction music going for this, too. There it is. The engineer's awake. James is awake. Yes. A couple Josh days after Halloween. <laughs> We are now officially at the halfway point of the NFL season. I say we all make one crazy prediction that's going to lead for something in the second half, whether it's someone making playoffs, missing playoffs, MVP, whatever it may be. Do, all right. do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll start. Okay, Mike will start. You, just, you, you better know, not steal mine. You know, you made me come up with this in the last 20 minutes. That's true. That's <laughs> true. And, it just dawned um, on me like, bef- like 10 minutes before we went on the air. So this is my crazy prediction. Don't hold me to it, but this is what's going to happen. Uh, when the Super Bowl is played this February, the winning team is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Whoa! And the MVP Ooh. of the Super Bowl is going to be Tony Romo. Wh- wh- wow. Well, that's, well, you said that's crazy. a crazy. That's yeah. a crazy prediction right there. First, I mean, first off... Saying that Dallas is going to get to Zero for the first time in about over 20 years. Uh, yeah. yeah. 96. Look, they got a new set of triplets now. They, yeah, they Dak, do. They do. Dak, Dez, Ezekiel. But it's going to be Tony Romo. But you're saying it's going to be Romo. I mean, Tony Romo that's going to lead the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl title. Interesting. Interesting. Jill? My crazy prediction the Rams make the playoffs. <laughs> You said crazy. crazy. That is crazy. That's you crazy. said crazy. But, That's you know, crazy. But no, listen. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I, no, I it's, it's, it's not. It's I got not season as, tickets. I hope so. It's not as far as <laughs> fetch as you think, but go ahead. Oh, it is. <laughs> listen, you said crazy prediction. Yep. We had 10 minutes to come up with it. My other one was that the Vikings only win one more game. That's actually, I feel like, less crazy. I like it. So... Okay. <laughs> Those those are my two. Why do I pick the Rams making the Super Bowl? Because keep hope alive. I mean, it's I personal. It. I it's personal. It. I think it can happen. Well, honestly, again, well, if Seattle does lose on Monday, right? Arizona's not playing the way they should be, right? I, it's not. <laughs> so you're of, saying there's a chance? I know. I'm honestly yes, saying it's listen. not. It's not out of the question for them to win that division. It's. Oh, it is. I mean, it's. It is. The, are the odds in their favor? No. No. But they got a lot better chance than the Niners. <laughs> Well, That's true, too. Okay. And the yeah. Niners crushed them at the start Here's of the season. Thing. All the teams can keep losing, but the Rams have to win, and the Rams keep losing, so we have a problem with our situation. We'll golf, we'll golf start this alive. year. We'll golf start this season. <laughs> no. Okay. So my crazy prediction, which she kind of spoiled a little bit. Um, Womp. Sorry, Josh. The Minnesota Vikings started 5-0. and They are now 5-2 and 
and they will end eight and eight and miss the playoffs. You know that's not that crazy. Actually. Right. I think that I did. I think she was the craziest. Now that I've heard them all. <laughs> no, yours was the craziest. No, because Dallas is a really good team. No, it's about Romo being MVP. Fine, that's the but, crazy but I mean, if you look at the NFC right now, Dallas is the f- the best team in the NFC. So I'm just yes, saying it's, it sounds crazy and it is out there, but it's not as crazy as uh, the Rams winning the division. <laughs> okay. I got you a crazy said crazy. Wait, yes. Oh, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. That after the election. Uh, fans gonna run on the field and do some stupid shit, and they're gonna have to re-regulate a ton of like fan interaction and how fans. Uh-huh. Well, we had we had we had the dildo on the field last I week. I know that's why that I think was... I think after the election, it's gonna be like protesters or banners or like when they try to cover the scoreboard that time. Like I think it's gonna there's gonna some issue with a fan that they're gonna have to re-regulate a bunch of shit. Where, what city? What city are we looking at? That they I don't wanted, know. I don't it's watch just football. gonna happen. I'm just saying it's just gonna happen. How did they get that item in? Women have to bring in clear bags. You know, like there's there's a protocol. So I'm wondering where they hit that. That's all. We'll think about that <laughs> over the next week. Oh, and also though, um, next week's game. Like quick prediction for that: AFC North battle, quote unquote battle. Browns and Ravens is what we got next week. It's bad Barn versus worse next burner. week. But they do have a long rivalry because the Ravens were the old Browns. Yep. So it's always fun to watch the two teams play each other. No, not this year. They're both they're both definitely not very good this year. Uh, I'm going to say it's it's going to be a little better defense than we might anticipate. Where's the game? The game, good question. Where's the game? I will tell you right now. The game is in Baltimore. Um, I'm going to say Baltimore wins 20 to 16. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I have no score, but since they're at home, we're just going to give that home court advantage a bigger boost. I'm going to make a second crazy prediction. What? Here we go. Next Thursday night, the Cleveland Browns are going to get their first and only victory of this season when they go into Baltimore and win outright. All right. So you're saying they're losing this week. We're going to win... On Thursday, next Thursday. I mean, Cleveland is losing every week, but I'm going to give them next week. Just next, next, week Thursday. Baltimore Ravens. next Thursday. Next Thursday night. I'll be back here with my Browns hat on or whatever. So you can check it. Just, yeah. just note it. The Browns next week over Baltimore. That, that, that's now, now that's, you're going to watch that, the game, right? That, now you're going to watch. Now I'm ready to watch the game to <laughs> see if to you're going to be right. It might be the worst game ever, but okay. <laughs> Listen. We want to see, you know, because it's an indicator of how you've been. You've been making some st- stellar predictions this season. Well, you know? not, I'm not trying to make stellar predictions. And so, yeah, just, you know, perhaps. Sometimes you're locked on and you get hot. Well, <laughs> we want you to make sure, whether it's a great game, bad game, or whatever, that you're going to tune in to hear us break it down, maybe make fun of some stuff, make fun of each other, because that's what we do here. And you could, of course, leave comments on the YouTube page and talk to us on the various forms of social media. Mike, how can people reach out to you? You can catch me on social media at Mike Ripson. Also, next week, I'm going to be three for three in DraftKings. Oh, oh, we'll oh. See about that. And you can find me, Jill Monroe, at Stiletto Jill and at JacksonStilettoJill.com for My your sports and pop culture gossip. Website. All right. Okay. And if you want to chat wrestling with me, you can follow me on Twitter at Will Rosenberg. And you can buy my t shirts, ProSNTs.com slash Christian Rosenberg. And of course, for all your other AfterBuzz TV news and gossip, Follow them on Twitter at AfterBuzzTV. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Mike Rippey and Jill Monroe, I'm Josh Tariff. We will see you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.